And if you are the expert, if you know the answers to those questions, then put them out there. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 94. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Bye, 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 buy this. It's going out of fashion soon. It's going to be ending soon. You've got to buy it now, Robert, now. That's a bit pushy if you ask me. Oh, I love. <laughs> hey, this is Rob and Kennedy Hello. from Response Suite. And today we're chatting to our pal, Matt White, the founder of Stop Selling and Start Helping. That's a real good philosophy, isn't it? If you think about the world we live in now, where content marketing and we're all we're, we're all really sensitive to being sold at these days. And actually, the way we make buying decisions is really much more around who do we trust, who has earned our trust by showing us they've got some good stuff to say, and we want more of that stuff from them by moving closer towards them. Right? Yeah, we talked. I mean, we've heard for a few years now about this idea of getting results in advance, helping people with as much stuff as you possibly can, and wanting to draw them in closer to you. And I think, do you know what? If you just put stuff out there that really helps people, helps them move forward, helps them achieve the thing they want, it like magnetically attracts them to you. It's almost like you prove yourself in advance. By accident, just by putting stuff out there and helping. Okay, yeah, exactly. It's that whole thought leadership thing and trying to make a bit of a change in the world, right? But Matt has some really practical applications as to how you can take this and start doing it in your business. And I I think you're going to really like it. I think you're going to absolutely love it, man. Before we get into Matt's interview, we're going to go over into Rob's all-important quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, wipe the whiteboard clean and watch the cool mind close. I don't know if that's uplifting or depressing. I mean, we live in the it northeast depends, of England. Depends what generation you had. But again, I, I forgot the planet, so that was just off was the go. I saw a whiteboard and I thought of a cool mine. <laughs> you saw a cool mine because you're in Wall's End? I think people might be starting to catch on. To, to these quotes. <laughs> I think I've given up the game. I think they were fooled at first. I think they were going for it now. I'm not so sure. If you're sick of the quotes like we are, then please, uh, you'll be glad to know that our new podcast-ish, well, new-ish podcast, our other podcast, The Email Marketing Show, does not feature any ridiculous quotes from Rob. So please go <laughs> check it out by searching your local fo- podcast player on for The Email Marketing Show, where every week we talk among ourselves, we bring on guests, and we had a good, we'll have a good blather about email marketing and what you can do to make your emails better, to make it easier for you, and even do some pretty advanced stuff as well. Sometimes even, we do have some fun. I should we sometimes do have a little bit of fun as well. Anyway, anyway. Without further ado, I suppose we should dive over and chat to Matt. Chat to Matt. Matt White, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How are you? I am great. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure. Very, very cool to have you here. Listen, we are big fans of your approach to selling because you're a believer that business has changed, the way that we sell has changed, and most businesses haven't really like adopted that shift. Do you want to talk to us about that? Absolutely. I think the you know the the mentality of uh, the way that we go about selling uh, is way different now than it was even five years ago, 10 years ago. And I think the biggest thing that we need to recognize is that uh, because there's so much information out there, um, it is so much easier for people to get that information before they come to us to actually buy stuff. So Mm -hmm. we need to recognize uh, that the buyer's process or the buyer's, uh, uh, you know, the, the steps that they go through to buy something is way different than what it used to be. So we need to understand that when they get to us, uh, we need to help them learn because that's part of the, you know, early on in the process, we're really trying to teach them and 
help to understand whether whether our product is even a fit for them. So that's a big piece as well. It's almost like we're almost much more informed by the time we get to that point of engaging with somebody than we've ever been before, isn't it? Right. As a as a typical, and I've heard different percentages, but somewhere between seventy to eighty percent of the buying decision is made before you you know they even you know they exist, right? So before they come to your site or your business or pick up the phone or whatever it is to, to reach out to you, uh, they've got 70 to 80% of their decision already made. So what you want to do is try to be a part of that 70 to 80% so that you can be educating them and helping them through the process so that when it comes time to make that buying decision, uh, they're actually, you know, you've been a part of that and you've helped them to get there. So they trust you and, and there's more credibility there. Love that. And before we actually dive into how we're going to do that, I just want to sort of wondered, I mean, my theory on why that might be the case is that there is a growing mistrust of marketing, isn't there? Like it's all propaganda. We're all like, everything's evil and they're just trying to sell their shit at us. Whereas, whereas that seems to be, it's more of a resistance, right? To get to that marketing. Is that the reason why? Like we're just less trusting than we've ever been? 100%. And I've got a really good friend who it seems like every conversation we have, he says, I know, you guys, I know you're a marketer, but, and then he goes into <laughs> how frustrated he is with marketing and, <laughs> and that everybody's trying to sell him stuff. Um, and I say, I know those damn marketers, you can't trust them. You know, you can't trust them. So yeah, it is. I think the, the idea that we are, we are constantly sold, right? Um, no matter where we go, whether we're driving in the car, whether we're sitting at our computer, whether we're on Facebook, whether we're on our, you know, all kinds of places, situations, it feels like we're always trying to be sold something. And it's even being, you know, snuck into with product placement and all that. And I think the consumer is getting smarter and smarter. And so we need to be very aware that they are because if we're not aware or we don't, you know, uh, recognize the fact that they are smart and they are, you know, getting a lot of information, uh, if we try to trick them, then they will immediately turn off the, you know, turn off the switch and say, well, no, you know, this is not even an option. So absolutely. I think what's interesting about this idea that people have made most of their buying decision before you know that the customer that they as the customer exist is interesting because that means that whilst most businesses are focused on what they do from every you know every every inquiry they get through their website or every lead that joins their mailing list or you know any of that stuff it means that actually the focus is sort of in the wrong place that means you have to shift that focus back to okay so great what happens before that person goes ahead and maybe fills in that stuff or because that that's what has to happen right and Otherwise, what's happening is that customer gets to you, and by the time you know that they've got to you, you're almost like learning to juggle with one anti at your back. <laughs> like you've missed out on a huge opportunity. So, in that 70, 80% of, of their buying decision, where in that process, in that sort of customer journey, can we start to like drop in and be helpful? How does that begin? You know, if you if you think of the types of questions that your audience is asking, um, uh, and there's a great book that I'll recommend. I'll, I'll jump ahead of, of uh, I, some question that I think that might come down the road, but there's a great book called uh, They Ask, You Answer. Oh, I love that book. Yeah, by a guy named Marcus Sheridan. And it's fantastic. And it, and it really does get to the, the base point of all this, which is your customers, your prospects, you know, the, the people that you're, you're reaching out to, um, they have all kinds of questions. And if you are the expert, if you know the answers to those questions, then put them out there. We know that people are typing into Google, right? I mean, 90% or whatever the number is of, of internet searches start at Google. And so uh, when, when we 
are entering those things in Google now, it is how do I, how to, what do I do if, what's, you know, there's all kinds of, of ways to ask questions. Uh, and Marcus Sheridan in that book does a great job of going through kind of the five different types of, you know, buckets of types of questions that you can address. But I think that's the biggest piece is really trying to focus on answering people's questions and addressing the, the concerns and frustrations and um, problems that they have in advance and then produce content. And that's a big piece of what I try to focus on is really being uh, the, the place where somebody can find and, and get answers and, and get the content, whether it's through video or through audio like this or through blogging, whatever it may be, but answer those questions and address the things that you know are on the minds of your potential customers or your existing customers. And that's how you address and get in front of them as they kind of start their search. So that you're trying to get in front of that, like you said, 70 to 80%, you want to get in at the advanced piece or, at, you know, up front. So when somebody's entering in, um, you know, how do I sell better online, right? If that's what you do is provide a course to help people sell better online, you need to be answering questions and producing content that says, and answers the question, how do I sell better online? And so if you can be that person and that, that resource, then that's how you get them kind of into your funnel in the right way, as opposed to snatching them in one way or another through an ad or through, you know, there's all kinds of other ways to get it. And it's almost like the opposite of the classic sort of cold selling sort of model, isn't it? I mean, you're a, like, you're really compelling. You're really good at putting this content out there. You're obviously a really good salesperson, but, and, and is that because you're naturally good at it and you really enjoy it? You know, I hate it. <laughs> so that's the, the okay. funny part about the whole, the whole idea of selling is I, like, I loathe uh, selling from the traditional sense. Okay. Uh, I am not the guy that, that is, you know, can pick up the phone and just, you know, dial for dollars or whatever they say. Mm. Um, so I really tried to get way, way back in the process because it just, not only am I not a, you know, just my personality is not such that I am big at approaching someone or, you know, just that's just not my personality. And so what I try to do is this whole idea of kind of pulling towards me um, and say, hey, you know, this is what I do. And here's some great information. And I think I can help you. And if this is something that is worth your while, and if you're interested in, in uh, you know, if you need help with your website, or you need help with with generating uh solid content that's going to help improve your business, then that's where I can, I can step in, but I'm not going to try to force you. I'm not going to try to cold call, like you said, uh, and reach out there. So the idea is really to, to, to step away from that traditional mindset. And if you think of the, the kind of funnel, right, the typical funnel, right, is you've got this big wide angle, uh, that goes down to a small funnel down at the bottom. And, Yes, that applies. And there's definitely a different sense of how it applies, at least in my mind. But the idea of that, that very top part where it used to be the way that you get people into that funnel is by reaching out and, you know, just adding numbers to your list. Um, Whereas now I think that top level is more of, Hey, if I put content out there, I'm answering questions and I'm addressing things and I'm helping people whether they're going to be a client of mine or not, I don't know at this point. But if I can just put out as much stuff at the top of that funnel that ultimately gets people in, and then I can kind of filter those people through by giving them a little bit more information or, or you know, grabbing their email through a, uh, an ebook download or a course download or something that's free to begin with, 
then I'm helping them throughout that whole process. I'm not really trying to, again, I'm, it really is a mindset difference. And I think, you know, the, the core of what, what the, the stop selling, start helping mentality is that really is changing the way that you think about sales is that it's not, I'm not here to sell you something. I'm here to find out if there's some way that I can help you. And if my product or my service happens to be that thing, then that's great. If there's something else I can do for you, if I can refer you to somebody else, or if I can provide a resource to you, that's, that's where I want to focus is on the, you know, this really change of mindset behind my goal is to sell something versus my goal is to help this person's life or business get better. And were you always like this, Matt? Were you, were you, what about back in the day when you were like a business owner? Did you ever like knock on doors or like pick up the phone and try and sell stuff? Or were you always this sort of go-giver sort of mindset? You know, it's, uh, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a little bitty guy. Um, so from a, from a business perspective, an entrepreneurial perspective, I think it's always been something that has been in me, but the, the selling or the, 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 this mindset has basically kind of come into my world, my own world within the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never the go getter. I mean, I'm a, I'm a relatively outgoing guy. Um, uh, but I'm not like, uh, you know, push, 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 uh, you know, try to get out there and, and help you, you know, or get you to make a decision. And if I look back at when I first started my business, um, my first business back in 2001, um, I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I came from the ad agency background. So that's my, my background is in the ad agency world. And so I was an account executive. And so it wasn't like I was out there beating down doors and I was just, I was fulfilling. And that's the part I love doing was helping, you know, once people, once the client came in, I would be the one to kind of fulfill the, the services that we would, we would offer. And then as I launched my new business, uh, for the first time, I was like, holy cow, I got to actually get business. <laughs> so, uh, I went through sales training. I tried to get all, you know, do all the right things. Uh, I had scripts, I had 30 second commercials. I had all the, the stuff that you're supposed to have when you're, when you're selling. And, uh, I tell a story. And when I speak sometimes, uh, about one of the very first cold calls that I did, uh, I had all my script ready. Everything was great. I thought I was all prepared. I'd been putting, you know, building myself up to this. And I picked the phone and I dialed in and I said, hi, my name is Matt. And I'm, you know, is the so-and-so person who d- handles this thing in, in the office, whatever. And I was all ready. And the, the response was, what was your name again? <laughs> and I got so nervous that I hung up the phone. <laughs> I bet that is a standard gatekeeper. T- literally, t- yeah. I just, yeah, what, I don't know what I can say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't on my script. So yeah. it totally me <laughs> Derailed up. immediately. Yeah. And so I use that example as uh, I tell this kind of story of, of a lot of us online in particular uh, are trying to make out with our prospects before we even know who they are. Yeah, you uh, talked about French kissing, didn't you? Yeah, French kissing. Yeah, so you're trying to French kiss before I even know your name. Um, so it'd be like me walking up to somebody on the street and saying, you know, Hey, I don't know you, but would you, you know, you want to make out and, uh, it's only a numbers game, Matt. Right. <laughs> so one, one of the things is a whole different mentality. <laughs> when you look at it that way. Someone's going to say yes. Right. <laughs> right. Right. One of the things you talk about in the book, which is aptly named Stop Selling, Start Helping, is this idea that a lot of businesses like to discount their products and that becomes like an easy way to sell stuff. It's a really easy offer knock, to put knock, out there. It's easy money send, off, yeah. new reason to talk to people, new reason to... Sure. What's, the, what's the opposite of that? What's the alternative approach to that? 
You know, I, so there's two things to that. One is, um, putting price up front is a huge piece. And, uh, again, that's another thing that Marcus Sheridan talks about in his book, they ask you answer. But one of the pieces is, you know, we're also afraid to talk about price, Mm. um, on our website. And, uh, what I try to do is not only put price out there, um, but then try to provide, you know, what's the value associated with that. Um, I really try to focus on some people aren't a fit for me. If, if you're looking for the, for the cheapest price, um, I might not be the right option for you. Uh, depends on what you define as cheap. So it all kind of, it all kind of comes into play, but that's part of the content and, and putting that stuff out front and talking about it up front is, you know, if you only have X amount of dollars and you're trying to get whatever it is that your service is, is done, mm-hmm. then you may, I, I might not be the right person, but then that does go back to the idea of helping that person still. So let's say somebody comes and, uh, one of my businesses, we do, uh, kind of low end website design. Mm-hmm. And if somebody comes to me and they know that we do kind of low end stuff, uh, entry level or whatever, my, my entry level point for a website is like a thousand bucks. Um, and it's pretty straightforward. It's a basic thing, but some people only have 500, right? And so if all they've got is 500 bucks and I asked that in my initial, and I can talk about homework in a second. Um, but I asked before I have the conversation with somebody, what's your budget? And in my, uh, homework thing that I send out before a meeting, I actually have a range from, you know, a thousand to 3000 and then 3000 to 5,000, 5,000 to 10,000 as a checkbox to say, this is my budget. And so by showing the fact that I've got a thousand as the entry, you know, there's no $500 option. So, uh, I, I, I force them into knowing what they're going to get in advance. But if somebody reaches out and then says, well, you know, I see that you're, you know, the lowest option was a thousand bucks, but I really only have $500. Um, then I say, well, you know what? I have a guy or I know somebody else who can help you. And then I, I forward them onto that person. And the hope is certainly down the road, maybe they, they grow and they remember that I helped them and all that stuff. But also it doesn't matter. I mean, I help them. Hopefully they I've got a good connection for them and hopefully their business goes great and they never need a website again and, and it's all good. Yeah. So looking at that as the helping piece. So yeah, I think, you know, price is something, um, discounting. I can't stand. Uh, I mean, I do it sometimes. It's not like it's, it's wrong. Um, sometimes but it does I mean, help for a lot of businesses. It's the core of the business. Like there's a, there's a sofa store in the UK, like, and I think there'll really a national day of mourning when they actually sell a sofa at full price. Like right. always a discount right. thing, right? But everybody don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Some people never like, saw. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. But I, I want to just pick back up on putting the price up front. I really love this. I'll tell you why. And maybe think, you know, if you solve a significant problem, right, you could like, wouldn't it be interesting to test a page, a sales page, your website, whatever it's going to be, which says, solve X problem for just $69 a month. And then you've got like the whole damn thing up front. Yes, I want to solve that problem. That's how much it's going to be. And now I'm going to read on if I think right. that's a value. I mean, that's quite interesting. I mean, I know that's not exactly what you were saying. I know there's more subtle ways of doing it, but wouldn't that be interesting? No, I think you're absolutely right. I think that that putting it as the very first thing um, to me is one of the, I mean, that's what you got to do. It's like, here's the price. And if price is an issue in your business, if people are concerned about it and whatever, what most people take is the opposite approach. And they say, well, I don't want to talk about price because what if it turns them off or what if it turns them away? But then it's like, well, 
if you're just going to waste a whole bunch of time to get to the bottom of the page to find out it's 69 bucks. Right. Exactly. It's like that girl who you go on 42 dates with and then it never goes anywhere. She's just led you down the garden path. You know what I mean? Like, Say right. you can have all this lovely stuff. Look, I'm gorgeous. Ah, no, it's not for you. Like <laughs> because you buy yourself out of it. I think, yeah, I, I love that idea. I think it's yeah, a- and addressing it, addressing it in advance as as early on in the process. I mean, it saves you time. It saves them time. So again, you get back to the helping thing. Is I don't want to waste your time if you can't but afford sixty nine bucks a month. I love it. I love it. And I think what's nice as well is you demonstrate the value up front. So if you said, we can solve this problem, it's only 20 grand. People are going to go, oh, this is a place for serious people. And it lets them know the value, your status, your, your position in the market right up front as well. So that's an attractor factor as well, isn't it? Not just a, not just a, a thing that sort of palms off the, the incorrect people. That's really cool. Yeah. Disqualifying. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of times that's we talk what about I was going for Matt, thank you. Yeah qualifying a lead, right? You want to make sure that you got the right person, all this kind of stuff, but disqualifying is huge. Now, if you go, if I go back to my, the, my website business page on the contact section, I basically say in, in all sense of the words, if you're a pain in the ass, I don't want to work with you. <laughs> so if you go to the contact page, it basically says, if you have high expectations and you're difficult to work with and you know, all this kind of stuff, then we're probably not for you. Uh, but if you are looking for something to be helpful and to get you to the results that you want to get, then, you know, fill out the form below and let's talk. Um, and it's, it's pretty straightforward, but even in the past, I've written blogs, uh, that are like, you know, four reasons why not to work with me. Um, and it really addresses, again, you're disqualifying people. And some of it is if you're looking for the cheapest price, uh, if you, you know, just want a project, and you want to walk away because I'm more of a, an ongoing commitment type of a scenario. So long term growth, long term success. Love right. that. Love that. One yeah. of the really interesting sort of approaches that you've got is the belief that nobody actually cares about you or the product or the product itself. Um, how, what do you mean by that? Well, yeah, nobody cares. And that's uh, what, when like I say that, from Matt, nobody cares. All of the, yeah, nobody cares. Uh, end of, yeah. End of, the, end of the story. It is. I mean, if you really think about it, um, they don't care about you necessarily. People are buying things because they want to solve a, their own problem, their own issues their you know, they, or they want to create pleasure for themselves, whatever it is that, you know, whether it's a positive thing or, a, or I want to fix something, they're all about finding the thing that's going to, that's going to fix them, right? So they're focused on what's in it for me, how is this going to help me, all that kind of stuff. Down the road, yes, they may, you know, they may want to learn more about you and your team and your, you know, your, your philosophies and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, when somebody comes to the website, and again, if we go back to the, to the search on YouTube or Google or wherever, when they say how to, you know, fix a, uh, you know, cracked window, mm-hmm. um, they want to solve their own problem. If, if they're typing that on Google and your site comes up uh, or they land, somehow they get to your site and your site just says, Hey, windows, you know, buy one, get one free, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I just, all I want to do is fix this crack in my window. Um, it, it just is, they don't care about you and your service or you and your company and your building. And that's the worst thing that I have seen for, for brick and mortar kind of people. <laughs> Uh, it's like, Hey, let's show a picture of the, of our building on the, on our homepage. Oh yeah. Lovely. It's like, that's the last thing I want, you know, that anybody cares about. Um, and down the road, like I said, yeah, people, you know, the about us page and your team and all that kind of stuff comes into play, but that's not what they want out front. What they want to know out front is how can you help them fix their problem or get to the point where they want to be in a good place 
exactly. and they really don't care who you are. I love that. And it's what Google call intent, isn't it? It's about what's the intent of that search or that query at the time. Hmm. Now, we're going to... We're going to go ahead and interrupt proceedings to play our game here. Now, here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, Matt. But he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer. And that means that some of the words will be quite difficult to understand, as will the tune. And so you have to guess at the end, and of course, dear listeners as well, what song Kennedy is singing. So there's no prizes. It's just uh, just fame and glory. It's chippity, 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 that wasn't as dreadful as I expected it to be. No, actually, I, I, oh, I don't know. It was pretty dreadful. I thought we were friends. Matt, any idea? Man, I have not a clue. Not even a clue. You've got that, Rob. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Which bit? Which bit got you the the, the opening line? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, the answer was it was actually Mrs. Robinson. Rob's Mrs. Robinson by Sam, Simon and Gar. Well, I can't speak. By Simon and Garfunkel. A bad British accent. Mr. Simon. You, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, there it is. It. actually, my version was better than his. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've been talking about all these whys and why we should do all these things and this real mindset shift. But before we head into the quick fire round, which we'll do in just a moment's time, can you give us like a big practical thing that by the end of this episode, we're all going to go leave and go and implement straight away. What are we going to go do to actually shift the needle just a little bit? I would say go back to your website and find all the places, you know, count how many times it says something about we or us or our and change that somehow flip the flip the point to you and your and you know how it addresses you as the customer versus our product will do this right i want to say when this is done you will receive x right so just taking that and flipping that over it really it seems relatively simple but it's crazy to go back to your site and see how many places you use the word we Amazing. Uh, yeah. Love it. Classic copywriting. Now we're going to jump over into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. You don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers podcast now on your podcast player. Matt, give us a book you recommend. I've got two, if you don't mind. One I already mentioned. Yeah, They Ask You Answer uh, by Marcus Sheridan. And the other one is what you kind of mentioned and referenced a little bit earlier is The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Very, very cool. Uh, Can you give us one of your top success habits, something that you do regularly? You know, this is something I've I've added recently because I am a distraction freak. Uh, Little things bother me all the time. And so what I have done is I've actually 100% turned off my ringer on silent. So I don't, it doesn't buzz. It doesn't, nothing. And so if I'm sitting at my office and I'm in a, a mode of getting things done, I actually flip my phone over. So it's face down. So it doesn't buzz. It doesn't ring. I can't even see it pop up if somebody's trying to call me and I put heads down for a minute. And then if I'm in a mode where I'm just kind of doing things and it's okay, if a call comes in, I'll flip it over. So it doesn't necessarily distract me with the buzz or a ring, but if I happen to see the the screen light up, then I will, I will pick it up. But it's been tremendous from a productive, productive, uh, efficiency perspective. I love that. And which sort of entrepreneurs or marketers do you look up to? 
you know, Marcus Sheridan, I'll say again, uh, and I just happened to be, I was at content marketing world last week. Um, and, uh, saw him in person and it is fantastic. Uh, the guy just really exudes this whole concept of they ask you answer really is all about helping the person get there. Very cool. Love that. Yeah, what what, what are some of your favorite apps that you think are super cool right now? Uh, I'm a huge Evernote fan. Um, uh, everything that I do is in Evernote. And so it, it gives me access to, uh, I can get it on my phone. I can get it on my computer. Everything syncs up. Uh, I can do audio notes. I can do typing things. I can upload images. Uh, so Evernote's huge. And then I'm also Audible uh, is top on my list uh, as far as what I use on my phone personally, just because I'm not a physical reader and I'm in my car a lot. So I Anytime I'm in the car for more than 10 minutes, I've got something, either a book or a podcast or something playing. Yours I, in particular. I, 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 did, I did get an Audible account for a bit. And I've got to say, every time I put a book on, I fell asleep. Really? That's yeah, not a good I thing when you're driving. I not deal it. Anyway, um, so big important question for you. Who do you like more, red-haired Rob or platinum-haired Kennedy? I'm going to say you can't see me on this podcast, but I have zero hair. So uh, I'm going to have to go with Platinum Kennedy just because uh, if I did have hair, it would likely be quite the same color. I knew. Not only are you smart, but you're a man of taste. <laughs> Terrible taste. But there you go. Shut up. Finally. Tell us, where can people go to find out more about you and everything you're doing? Sure. So uh, the main website for the book uh, is stopsellingstarthelping.com. And business-wise, I do speaking around the country and around the world, uh, mattwhitespeaks.com. And then my core business as far as actually putting this in place for people is joltcms, J-O-L-T-C-M-S.com. Amazing. We'll put all of the links to that, of course, in the show notes. We'll give you the link for that in just a moment. Matt, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come and spend it with us and the listeners. This has been so cool. Cheers, Matt. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. hope somebody got something out of it. Definitely. I mean, isn't that just a better philosophy for all businesses to adopt? I think it's great. And I think if you look at what some of the big companies around are doing, just check out their blogs, look at their YouTube channels, look at the way people are sharing content on across Instagram and across LinkedIn, across everything. It's about putting that stuff out and attracting people in rather than chasing people. I like that a lot. Yeah. You're going to find, where are all the show notes for this one, Rob? They're all over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash 094. So if you missed anything at all, go over there and check them out. We'd love you too. And of course, you want to check something else out. You want to hear a little bit more of us. And we want to talk about email marketing. Look for the email marketing show on your favorite podcast player. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.